I, to this day, attest that nobody needs better knives. Hello, and welcome to Reclaim Your Radiance, a podcast where we discuss the most intimate parts of the human experience. Let's take a deep dive into self-love, sexual pleasure, and absolutely everything in between. I'm your host, Chris Hall, and each week we will be joined by one fabulous friend, and sometimes that friend will just be me, to talk about how we can all become our most radiant selves. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Hello, hello, hello again, and welcome back to this week's episode of Reclaim Your Radiance, and also welcome to the very first Partner Pod, a series of episodes that will air intermittently dispersed among all the other incredible conversations with Radiant Souls, where I sit down with my partner Aaron and discuss anything and everything, from us slowly discovering and stepping towards our ideal relationship that falls somewhere on the spectrum between monogamy and polyamory, to some of our relationship challenge resolutions, to discussing topics that are near and dear to us, as they have had a heavy hand in shaping our lives together. Come along and listen in as we banter, as we discuss, as candidly as we can, the ups and downs and bumps along the never-ending road that is a romantic relationship. To introduce my partner Aaron a little, he is a heterosexual, cisgender, Caucasian male, otherwise known as a straight white man, who was also born in Ontario, Canada, just like me, although a few cities over and a year after me. Uh, Yes, I am the older woman, and yes, I absolutely love that. For about four months of the year, we are the same age, and Aaron tirelessly calls me a cougar for the other eight months. It's great, really. I I love it so much. Uh, Anyways, without further ado, I'd like you to meet my partner in crime, Aaron. Oh, and I also just have to add, because as it happens, and because these things always seem to happen this way, that... When this episode is released, it will be our one-year anniversary of living together, which is super exciting and also very serendipitous. Woo! Go us. And now, on to the podcast. So, doing away with our usual hellos, we are dropping straight into our discussion that came about when I mentioned to Aaron that I was all of a sudden feeling pretty nervous about talking and podcasting in front of him. Um, So, drop on in. Enjoy. Well, I mean, we all have the people that are closest to us, but that hardest to perform in front of. Yeah. It's so strange, right? Like I always had that in terms of like audiences, like I can do a performance in front of a huge audience, mm-hmm. but if I'm performing in front of one person, it's so much more nerve wracking mm. depending on that person too. Mm. I think uh, like big audiences are not so bad because like you can't find individual people like it's it's a crowd it's Mm -hmm. not individual people Mm -hmm. and i feel like one or two people is not so bad but it's like for a group of eight people or a group of like six people because it's big enough to be like nerve-wracking but small enough that you can see individual people's reactions and like Mm, feel like you've got like a relationship that you're like maintaining or like a like a perspective they have on you or an opinion they have of you like but it's not just one person, it's eight people you have to think of in that way. Yeah. Oh yeah, eight people would be so much worse. But yes, you're right. Like either it's a giant crowd or it's like individual people that all have like, oh, even worse when they all have like individual perceptions of you and relationships with you. And it's like, oh my God, that's so much. Yeah, I imagine that's like a challenge with the podcast, right? Is that you've got this like individual relationship um, and this individual persona with kind of each person or each group of people that you know but then by being on the podcast with anybody potentially listening it's like which persona am i right am i is this the way these people know me yeah i guess i haven't thought of it like that yet well hopefully i didn't just psych you out no 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 no. but there's like definitely yeah it like (laughs) audiences now drop into us talking about how me speaking to aaron as you know, my podcast interviewee is actually very nerve wracking because um, he's watching me, you know, do this thing that I started doing that I like doing and watch. And like, yeah, the people that are closest to you is is almost hardest to show certain parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't actually think 
it's, it's, well, okay, let's put it this way. Is me being a podcaster almost creates a new persona. Right. Right. So there is this different, even though it's, you're very much not different. It's yeah. It's just, it's just a different persona. And mm-hmm. so it gets to be this, like, even if I'm this way with you and this other way with Heather and this other way with Eden, like my podcast persona is just like a fourth thing. Right. Yeah. It's like being like an actor or an actress in a movie or a stand-up comic or something. Right. It's like, it's a different part of you. It's not your relationships with those people. Yeah. And it's almost, yeah, it's like your job, right? It's yeah. like, if somebody was to see me being an engineer, it's still, that's, that's my job. That's Yeah. Yeah, I wonder though, because like with being like an engineer, right? Like that's that's a job that doesn't change how you socially interact mm. per se, right? Maybe it does. Um, but with being like an actor or a stand-up comedian or a podcaster, right? Like this is about like essentially being a person, being a personality, right? And so with a podcast coming out once a week and you know, for an hour listening to it kind of thing, obviously it's not gonna change people's like perspective of you i think too much but Mm -hmm. like imagine that you're like an actor an actress right and like you know your family watches like the whole like series like let's say you're in friends Mm -hmm. right and your family watches the whole like series of friends right like don't you think that like jennifer aniston's like friends or like family members that have watched that show probably like see her differently now than they used to before you know she what? was that's, in that show. That's probably a terrible example though, because my impression <laughs> of Jennifer Aniston is that that's exactly who she is. <laughs> well, then that's good acting, isn't well, it? Well, maybe, maybe, right? Or maybe that's the, after she's done that show, that's now her persona that she's like, oh, actually, this is a really useful persona. I'm just going to be this whenever I'm on screen. No offense to Jennifer Aniston, but you know, it's... it's Anyways, she's a sweetheart. I always think of her as like the uh, horrible bosses. Yes. Oh, that's such a good character. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. No, that one was fantastic, but very different from like almost every other role. Which is why it's so good. Which is why it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But in terms of me being a podcaster, I think like, I mean, the the goal for me being this is to be myself on steroids, Mm. you know, or myself just like hyper tuned into the conversation and tuned into what I believe in and what I want to do in the world, I guess. Right. And so in that way, I don't think it would be any different okay. than, yeah. than who I am with different people, which isn't to say that I change or any of us change with different people, but we know that, you know, mm-hmm. that when you have interactions, you just interact differently with different people for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've even kind of said that depending on who you're talking to, in the podcast that you kind of like take on their cadence, right. Or you kind of like take on their energy. Yeah. But that's more like when you're talking to somebody like, okay, look at us. We're both like arms crossed on the table, looking at each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Because when you're with somebody, you tend to copy their body language. You tend to copy their speech. Oh yeah. I'm not going to flip you off (laughs) too. Thank you very much. Um, Although I will. (laughs) Yeah. You, you tend to take on their speech. You tend to take on, Right. It's like the monkey see monkey do. And it's like, it's, it's a, it's a form of not flattery, but it's a form of your listening. It's a form of, yeah. I mean, that's the most engaged thing a person could do. Like if you ever want to experiment, just like, you know, be in a conversation and cross your legs and see if the other person crossed their legs too. Mm-hmm. And if they're like, so dialed in, like, it's not, it's not that they're not dialed in if they don't do this, but like, sometimes it's so unconscious and you can mm-hmm. tell when a person does it unconsciously mm-hmm. and they just like, all of a sudden they're just like, they're talking to you, they're having this conversation and then they do it too. Mm-hmm. Or like, Ooh, the best one is drinking water. Yeah. I was just going to say drinking yeah. things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you can, the minute you pick it up, they do too. Mm-hmm. It's that mirror neuron firing and just being like, Oh Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually it's just us reminding ourselves, oh yeah, I'm thirsty too. Right. Yeah. I'm human. So I'm thirsty all of the time. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> we're just too distracted from our own bodies to know that we're thirsty. <sighs> yes. Yes, absolutely. How's it going this evening? <laughs> Good. I mean, sitting here on vacation, having a DeSerona chatting with you. So it doesn't get much better than that. Oh, well, thank you. I am pretty excited to be here with you too, my love. So first I'm on the podcast. Well, you've probably heard me banging doors in the background every now and then. So yeah. not my first time on the podcast, but that's true. Oh my gosh. It's like, I have to be like, okay, stay in that room. Don't come out of that room. Okay. I'm recording over here. Or I have to lock myself in. Well, I take over your office and lock myself in. And you're not allowed to come in. You know, I feel like a bad dog half the time. <laughs> <laughs>
It's exactly what you are. I mean, we joke about this all the time, but like, you know, me being your cat and you being my dog. <laughs> no, you're the dog. I'm confused. I'm confused puppy. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, you know, sometimes a boyfriend can resemble a dog. And that's an extremely insulting thing to say. But I mean, I do take you for walks when you get upset. <laughs> you do have to exercise me. Exactly. Throw frisbees and I just go play fetch. Okay, so we have this thing where, like, okay, so we live right across the street from the beach. And since we both work from home, yeah, sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I need ex- like fresh air. I need to get outside the house. Oh my gosh, so trapped, so cagey. And yeah, sometimes our walks and our uh, work breaks will line up and then go and throw the frisbee around and it's hilarious what ends up happening is because like I don't like to run and I don't have nearly as much energy as you do because you are an energy machine and so I'll stand in the middle with the frisbee and I'll throw it to Aaron and he'll run circles around me as we throw it so he has to throw it to like a stationary person and I have to throw it to like a moving person and yeah it it gives you great exercise and then you're much happier It's crazy. And in a better mood. And then I don't have to chew up all the floorboards. (laughs) So (laughs) it's a victory for everyone. Anyways, moving on from the cat and dog comparison. Um, Unless you wanted to take a shot at me with the whole cat comparison. Nah, I'm good. You're a cat. You'll just get mad and pee on my things if I do. (laughs) So. (laughs) Hey, I mean, you're the one who leaves pee on towards you. (laughs) Are we sure that's me? (laughs) 95% of the time. It's probably you (laughs) Sasha I'm the one who finds it so that means it's you (laughs) anyway moving on anyway moving on from pee on the toilet seat and pee in general because that could get into a dangerous category of golden showers and the amount of times we joke about that hey we're in golden right now (laughs) oh my god we are in golden (laughs) I technically took a shower like five minutes ago that was technically a golden shower technically a golden shower it didn't turn Um, me on like it usually does (laughs) (laughs) clarification for all of those listening at home that is not something we've ever tried Um, but you know if uh if enough people tell me to try it and report back on uh things we might can maybe consider it you know maybe but so let's go back to our different energy levels you know the comparison of me being a cat and you being a dog is very funny but it also strikes a very real chord which is that i have very low energy overall even though I do lots and I'm always doing things, which may be why it's a low, (laughs) and you're a very high energy individual to the point where you need to run daily to get rid of your excess energy. But then I'm an extrovert and you're an introvert, which I know is a very loaded term from our past conversations. You mentioned wanting to rebrand that term at one point, so what would you rebrand it to? Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah, so I, I don't think it's necessarily like introversion that needs to be rebranded i feel like it's maybe just people's understanding of introversion right kind of the connotation that it has if you say you're introverted right like i think society is moving in the way uh, as we are with most things right that with diversity be it you know sexual diversity racial diversity um and then i guess cognitive like neurodiversity right um we're becoming more accepting of introversion just like we're becoming more accepting of all things right like you'll constantly see um at least i see at work right like emails coming out of like oh how to work with introverts right and it's like how to be more accommodating of like introverts in your workplace and it's like this is great you know like we're trying to be more accepting of these people that typically were like left out right and like providing opportunities for them to be like socially engaged and involved um but yet there's still kind of this I don't know, like this expectation of someone who is supposed to be introverted where you're like, oh, you know, we're going to do better to accommodate these people and we're going to be more accepting of them. However, we still we hear someone's an introvert and we're still like, oh, that's somebody I would be less likely to want to invite to a party. Right. Or like, oh, I'm like putting together like this, um, this spirit team that's going to go cheer at these events right or like something like that and you're kind of like oh this person's introverted that's probably not someone we'd want to have on the team right Mm -hmm. so it's like you have this idea of people um or you're like oh like maybe we won't invite this person to this party because like they probably don't want to be there kind of thing it's a lot of people they won't want to be there and so i i feel like there's still a lot of um not intentional stigma but like just 
negative views, I think, of people that are introverted, even if those negative views are unconscious, right? Even if you think you're doing it to help people. Um, and so for me, like, I constantly hear when I tell people that I'm introverted, that they're extremely surprised and like, that there's no way, like, they don't believe it, right? Because when I show up, I show up 11 out of 10, you know, like yeah. I'm super loud. I'm, um, you know, boisterous. I'm cracking jokes, like talking a lot, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but that's because I am social and I am high energy. But the thing is that like spending time with people, you know, requires energy of me. Right. And then I need to go be by myself and recharge. Right. Um, and I think like the analogy that I think makes the most sense the way I would like people to maybe see introversion is not like, Oh, this people doesn't like, or these people don't like spending time with people. That's the way I think people think about it, but it's like, it's more like, no, I love going to the gym. Right. Or I love going for a run. But if I go for a 30 kilometer run, no matter how much I love it, I need to like sit on the couch for a couple of hours. And, and I think an important distinction there too, is like a 30, like, I think of it like I've once heard an analogy for depression that, or any mental illness that like you, you know, get out of bed, brush your teeth, you know, eat breakfast and put on clothes. And for you, maybe that took like a quarter of a spoonful in terms of your effort for the day mm. and your energy and your, like your mental energy, all this stuff. Right. And for somebody with depression, I've heard it be an analogy that, you know, that day, because they were having whatever day they were having, they, you know, one, one whole spoonful, let's say that like everybody has like nine spoonfuls or something or yeah. They're like one whole spoonful. classic cat in your nine lives here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they took like one whole spoonful just to get out of bed, one whole spoonful to take a shower, one whole spoonful. And right. And so like, by the time you're like ready to go and like start your day doing like all your like you know, morning routine stuff, you've already used half of the available spoons of the day, mm -hmm. whereas somebody else might've used like a quarter of one spoon. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's like, when you say like, oh yeah, it takes me energy to like run 30 kilometers. That's also coming from somebody who can run 30 kilometers. Right. 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 <laughs> it's yeah. like, I can never run 30 kilometers. It's just not me. So like what you're trying to say there, like, is that, yeah, it takes a lot of effort for you to have that much energy around people. And that I, I would say it's, close um but still maybe a bit different from that i think you know for me I, so i am a runner right um, and that's why i draw that analogy mm -hmm. um but so for me to go and start running two kilometers takes no effort for me right it's very fun i like doing it it's not hard mm -hmm. right whereas with like the depression analogy i think it's hard from the outset right it's yes. hard to summon that energy this is something you're struggling with from the beginning when i show up to a social situation i don't struggle from the beginning Mm -hmm. I show up and it's immediately easy and it's happy. It's fun. It's good. But by, you know, kilometer two, I'm like, all right, I'm feeling it. By kilometer five, I'm starting to get a little tired. You know, I need to drink some water. I need to take a couple breaks by kilometer 10. Like, you know, now I can't speak because I'm like breathing so heavy, that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. then by like kilometer 30, it's like, I can't keep running. I need to go. You know, I need to sit down. So I think it's a bit different. And I think that's maybe what I'm getting at a little bit is that I think people see introversion almost the way they do mental illnesses, right? And I don't want to like stigmatize or like speak negatively about mental illnesses because, you know, that's just the fact that we call them mental illnesses at all, I think is kind of shitty and we probably shouldn't. It's neurodiversity. It's neurodiversity, yeah. right? Um, but, but I do think there is a key difference in the sense that I think most people, and I say most people, right. Because I, you know, there's again, so many ways to deal with the same things. Right. But I think most people that have, let's say clinical depression, right. Are consciously trying to work at, or wish that it did not take them that much energy and that they could get out of bed every mm -hmm. day. Right. And so maybe for them, like managing that means accepting it when you can't, you know, accepting that this is part of you, but also constantly working on that battle of trying to do better for you because you know, it makes you happier um, and healthier to be able to do those things. Whereas with introversion, I don't think it's the same because I think as an introvert, it's not like I need to get rid of my introversion and I need to get better. No, I would never compare the two that way. No. Yeah. 
it, it's more like, no, no, no. Like I just need to spend more time on my own than mm-hmm. some other people. And that's not a thing I want to get better at or that I wish that was different, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for taking me away from the possible comparison of depression to introversion. That wasn't at all the parallel I was trying to draw. I was just thinking more from an energy standpoint and how you can run out of energy faster um, in certain situations if you identify certain ways. But again, thank you for your counterpoints and your clarification. That is really helpful. And like to put it in terms of, you know, myself as an extrovert, I think like if I was to use the same analogy and let's scrap the fact that I don't like running and can't run 30 kilometers. <laughs> you like biking. You're great at it. I love biking. I'll bike 30 kilometers. <laughs> let's like that. I get invigorated with each kilometer, right? Like each kilometer gives me energy to complete the next kilometer, but it still is up to a point, mm. right? Like I still get, you know, exhausted being around people and still need to go recharge by myself, but it's much shorter. Mm. Right. And then I start feeling not lonely, but I need people. Like, I just like, mm. how many times have you just heard me be like, I just need people. Right. And like, I just want to be around people. And like, I just, and I get this like sadness, even when like I spend a weekend with people or if it's a night with people, the first time I ever noticed it was my birthday parties when I was a kid, mm. because it would be like this big anticipated event with like multiple people. And it was like, it felt super important. And it was like, it, it, like tons of planning went into it and everything. Right. And then it was, I always loved when people would come early and hang out with me first <laughs> so that it would like start to charge me. Like I kid you not, like it, it starts to charge me yeah. and like give me energy. So by the time that there's like a big group, I have like even more energy and I'm like just ready to go. Yeah. And then by the end, which I'm sure you're like, what the fuck no. Yeah. I'm like, I show up intentionally 30 minutes late and leave. <laughs> or, or a day early. late. <laughs> yeah. Or a day late if it's a weekend event. Yes. Yeah. So we've, we've found this pattern in weekend events where I'll go for the full weekend and Aaron will come in, you know, on Saturday and you'll just come for one night and it's working really well for us yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, I want to go spend all the time with people. Like literally from the moment I get off work to like, I probably need to like five hours at the end of the weekend to like reset myself and get myself ready for the week. And yeah, you're like, I only want 24 hours with these people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and then I got to have some time for me because it's the weekend. So yeah. I'm going to go on my like long walk and read and do the things I need to do. Exactly. Which I, I, I need and I like, but yeah, it's to a lesser extent. And yeah, I used to, so back to the, like the birthday party, I like, I first noticed it, I would just get so sad when everybody left. Mm-hmm. Like when the last person left, I would just get this like deep sadness that would settle in and like, obviously would leave. And like, it didn't take too long to leave, but this happens every time that I'm with a big group of people. And every time I leave mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm curious if other extroverts feel that same way. Cause I think that more than anything tells me I'm an extrovert. Cause sometimes I, I question it. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, but I recharge alone too. And I like being alone. And, you know, I think part of loving being alone is also just loving yourself. Right. Mm-hmm, like, and yeah. like, if you love your own company, then you're going to love being alone. But yeah. Well, I think everybody needs both. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think if you're like, oh, I'm an extrovert, you probably are, right? Like, I don't well, think no, you need to look for what I, was, what I was trying to get out there is that like, <laughs> that, like, when I leave a big group of people, I feel sad. Yeah. Whereas, like, when I leave a big group of people or when they leave, I feel relieved. I feel, even though even though I've had a great time, right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I feel like I can, like, sigh it all out, you know? Like, my favorite part, honestly, like, of most, like, nights, if I, like, go to the bar or I like go to a party or something like that. Like the most sacred part of my night is like the walk home alone. Like, like I will walk an hour and a half home in like minus 25 because I've had a great night and I want to reflect on it now. And Mm. then like, you know, feel happy that I've had this time with these people and that I've done these awesome things, but like, I can't process it and like feel happy about it and excited about it and be like, oh yeah, I did these things until I'm like alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, whereas I would like the perfect end to a night is always, I end up crashing on a friend's couch. And so I wake up the next morning and we go to breakfast and you know, the night continues. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> No, but like, I like this. I like this like complete illustration of how different 
like these two different kind well, of like I do not sleep at other people's like I always go home I love it I absolutely love it because I also love waking up in a place that's completely different because I mean that's part of my whole like I need to move thing mm-hmm. though where like I like I'm not a creature of habit and I like to always be moving or even have like the illusion of movement mm-hmm. and so yeah waking up in a different place um, even just, you know, when we were dating and not living together and like waking mm-hmm. up at your place and having to walk home, like that gave me a little bit of like change in my rhythm. Yeah. But I do want to like point out the whole like 11 out of 10 that you show up and you're 11 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that like nobody ever guesses that you're an introvert unless they like know you well enough. Yeah. Um, or sorry, you're quote unquote introvert. No, no, introvert's cool. I have like, no problem with the word introvert. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to change the way people see it. I don't think okay. it needs a new word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like people who you know have have the, maybe the wrong idea about feminism. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like yeah. feminism doesn't need a new word. No, it's just all. yeah. Maybe needs a rebranding. Yeah, get a get a marketing coach in there. Um, but so so yeah, like you're you're like eleven out of ten people. Like they just like you look like the absolute image of an extrovert, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I will show up no matter how I feel. Mm-hmm. Right. And I will show up as I am. I will show up as my three out of 10. And even like my one out of 10s on rare occasion when I know that I'm going, like, I know that I'm going to a place where I can be supported and that I know that my one out of 10 will turn into like a much higher mm-hmm. score um, by the time I leave. Because again, like these people are going to recharge me, like just the pure act of being around them. Even if I didn't have a chance to open up and share why I was feeling so low, mm-hmm. I will feel higher. I just do. Um, and so I like force myself to go. And I like recently I've been much better at just, yeah, showing up as I am yeah. and accepting that and being like, this is, this is me right now. Yeah. And the earliest I remember this distinction coming out between us was like, was it a third date? Yeah. Like it was very specific. Like, I think you said you almost didn't come, right? Yeah. And then you were like, you don't have to be, I think this is actually how the term got, or the term got coined, right? Mm. Was that you were just like, you don't have to be 11 out of 10. Okay. I don't think I said it aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to be 11 out of 10. It's because I was three out of 10. So it felt aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't handle it at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think like, yeah, you later reflected on that to me. You were like, that was a really big thing to say in that moment because I was like, I think I just looked at you and without knowing too much about the situation, I just kind of was like, you don't, you don't have to be at 11 out of 10 all the time. You know, like mm-hmm. you can show up as less and that's okay. And like, I'm here for it. I'm, mm-hmm. and cause like you almost didn't come or something because you weren't feeling too great. And like it ended up being a really great date because you ended up being like so much more candid and yourself almost Mm -hmm. because like you weren't kind of "Ah," like all out there which obviously I love but like Mm -hmm. I love when you're a little more calm too Mm -hmm. yeah that's fair Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I don't know I think uh, a big part of the whole like 11 out of 10 thing just comes from being like very analytical about social situations right like I think I'm acutely aware of how I'm doing in social situations a lot like like if I make a social mistake, right? Like if I, if I say something that I notice, like kind of like irks somebody or like offends them or like, um, you know, makes them feel self-conscious or something, right? Like I really notice it. And I feel like when I'm like 11 out of 10 energy wise, right. I'm like on it and I don't make those mistakes. Right. But when I'm like three or four out of 10, as we all are, right. Like Mm -hmm. we're a, a lot of the time we're, you know, not as focused, not as on it. Right. And we, we kind of miss stuff and we say things, but then it's like, I notice right away that I'm like, Oh, that was bad. Hmm. Right. Um, and I can like see that the person is a little bit like, Whoa. and, and then those things just kind of like pile up. Right. And then that like walk home at the end of the day is not like a, it's not like, Oh, this was really great. This and that it's a, it's a very much like a, Oh, like crap. Like, I made that person feel not included because mm-hmm. I like, you know, wasn't paying attention and kept talking about the thing I was comfortable talking about because I was like low energy and didn't feel like flexible or whatever, rather than like talking about, you know, picking up on a cue that they mentioned this thing that it was like, Oh, that would have been something they could have talked about and w- would have felt good talking about like that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And, but, but I'm curious if I've ever kind of, 
Because to me, when I'm feeling 11 out of 10, you're, you're so on it that you also don't stop to think and overanalyze everything. Mm-hmm. Like you're so into the conversation. You're so mm-hmm. high energy that like your brain isn't going there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if that's part of it too. And if like, you're still potentially making those mistakes, you're just not overanalyzing them. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that that's part of it, right? I'm sure that is happening to a degree, right? Because you have this like positive bias now. Yeah, you're on top of the world. You feel like you're a fucking queen or king or whatever, right? You're just like whatever you want to be, jester, whatever, whatever. And you're just like, yeah, I'm killing it. I'm staying like joke, 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 and like you know, and like you're just on it. And yeah, sometimes I find I get like lost in this cloud of being on it, and I later reflect that I was the biggest. Twat, (laughs) (laughs) you're always the biggest twat let's be real (laughs) i don't know i just oh especially when i was younger sometimes i think back and i cringe i'm like oh god just stop talking (laughs) you see that's where i think it kind of came from is that i think when i was younger i was very just like confident and i would say it probably was more extroverted Hmm. um and kind of had this like devil may care attitude Devil may care. Devil may care. Um, And yeah, and I just like didn't give a shit about like what other people thought. Um, But by extension, like I also just didn't give a shit about other people in general. I don't think. Yeah, like I think in high school I was probably like a bit of a dick. I don't know. I I feel like I thought I was the shit, and I like (laughs) just didn't give a shit what people thought because I was awesome, you know. Whereas like you know, all of the whole last, I would say like decade, right? I I feel like in the public consciousness, there's just been this shift towards thinking about like, how do your actions impact other people? And um, how can we be more inclusive? And, and, you know, these are all really good things, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like then I just took this turn into being like, wow, yeah, in high school, I was a dick. Like, you know, people wouldn't have said that. Like, I was nice to people in general, right? But, like, I did lots of things that I look back now and I'm like, yeah, that was not great, you know? And so now I feel like I'm just so conscious about it. Mm. I don't think I often do things that are wrong or, like, not great socially and don't notice them. Mm. I I definitely still do them, but I, I think I notice them a lot like mm. like I'll notice if I like shook one person's hand or something and then didn't shake another person's hand and I'll be like wait why did I do that you know and mm. and I'll be like and how did that make that person feel that like I shook this person's hand and not their hand oh, gosh, right that's so much that's so much um, that must be really exhausting like no offense but that must be really exhausting to be in your head sometimes sometimes I mean maybe that's it right maybe that's why social interactions are draining well because like I mean but if I, if I fail to hug somebody or shake somebody's hand, it's literally just because I'm too shy because I hit a point, like I, I kid you not, I'll have like enough confidence to hug three of the four people, but the fourth person, I'm just like, oh, I'm too shy. And I'll just stop. And I never think about it again. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, we all end up in situations like that. I'm sure. Oh God, right. But yeah. I, and I think that's a common thread in like people that are quote unquote introverted mm-hmm. is that it's, tends to be people that are like highly analytical and are like analyzing everything. Mm. Right. And because they're analyzing everything, it's like exhausting, but it's also that they're analyzing themselves. And so it's like, then when they're on their own, they can stop and they can just, you know, go on analyzing the world or, or analyzing themselves, but in a, um, I don't know, in like a, healthy way in a, like a, in a loving way, right. In a way that you're just like, well, it's non-judgmental, you know? I mean, it's possible that you like, cause I, cause I know you became more academic after high school and yeah, it went from being the jock to being the person who everybody hates in their university class for raising their hand and knowing every single answer. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, that really helps the social anxiety. Sorry. The hates. No, I'm just kidding. No, not the person everybody hates. Kidding. But like, I, I mean, that was a story I heard from your best friend who, yeah. while she was in your university class, was, you know, kind of not what? hate, but, you know, the person who knew everything. That like, this fucking guy. Well, right. Yeah. Like it's who had like so many questions or like dragged the class on too long. You know, we all knew somebody. And 
yeah, like I feel like you switched to being more analytical. So maybe that triggered that switch as well. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think, I think maybe it has less to do with that because I think I always thought that way. Mm. Um, I just didn't think about it socially. Um, I think it's more that I had a mix of things. I had people that were in my life that commented pretty heavily on some of my social behaviors. Um, and oh. then, and then like I previously mentioned sort of society taking that turn towards being like, let's be more conscious about how we interact with other people and specifically like other people that are not exactly like us. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think then that way of like thinking analytically about stuff and overthinking everything, which I always did from like a small child, right? Like I would be up till all hours of the night as like a, you know, six, seven, eight year old, like trying to figure out the meaning of the universe and stuff and not sleeping. Right. Um, and yeah, yeah. so, so I was always like that, I'm with you. but I just, but I just didn't do it about social things until there were these triggers of people and society as a whole being like, this is maybe something you should think about. And then I started overthinking it. Gotcha. Okay. So how does this affect our relationship? <laughs> the big question, us being very different sides of the spectrum. Welcome to the internet. No, uh, welcome to the mid-roll. We are going to take a quick break and talk shop and give our supporters a moment in the spotlight. This week, we are supporting Puffcast, a Harry Potter podcast that I'll let them tell you what it's all about. Welcome to Puffcast, your bi-weekly Harry Potter podcast run by Puffs. I'm Melanie. And I'm Juliana. Do you like Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts? Oh, yes. Oh, good. Are you looking for a fun, stress-free place to just have a good conversation, play some silly games, and hear from some great guests? Yes, please tell me more. Oh boy, well then this podcast is for you! We would like to invite you to join our happy common room. Get comfy, have some pizza, make new friends, and be part of the conversation. All houses are welcome. You can find podcasts every other Wednesday on all platforms where podcasts are found. So we'll see you in the common room. And until then, stay puffy and badger on. And secondly, I just wanted to give you all a big, big thank you for listening and supporting Reclaim Your Radiance from the bottom of my heart. It really does mean the world to me. And... If you are now sitting there thinking, of course, I love being here and I want to support you on this journey of yours, how can I help? I wanted to let you know that there are four massive ways in which you could help the podcast. First, share this episode. Share on social media, word of mouth, or with someone you think you would enjoy it. Share it with your dog walker, your mom, your best friend, your partner, absolutely everyone. Um, this is absolutely priceless support and I will be forever indebted to you. Uh, the second, number two, you can use those fabulous rating buttons and follow buttons and subscribe buttons and comments on your podcast app, wherever you listen and let myself and others know what you think. Also extremely priceless. Um, number three, tres, um, reach out. Let me know what you think. Let me know what topics you'd like to hear about and what your favorite episodes have been so far and why. You can also reach me on Instagram at hellofahall or by email at reclaimyourradiancepodcast at gmail.com. Um, all of that's available in the link in the episode description under more info. Um, and last but not least, there is a brand new Patreon and it is launching in kind of bare bones, um, just kind of general support capacity at the moment, but you can also sign up to get a pretty dope mug if you're like really into it and that would be amazing. Um, and you can just lock in your VIP support and perks for life. Um, but at this moment it is just general support and then we will be slowly adding in more and more perks. And yeah, I mean, you can join for as little as the price of a cup of coffee from Starbucks. And I, again, would be so indebted to you. Um, thank you so, so much for being here. And now back to the podcast. But also like so many couples you hear yeah. that one is an extrovert and one is an introvert. Mm -hmm. Like that's so common. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I kind of get it because in my brief stints dating another extrovert or actually, no, I've dated extroverts for long periods of time, but 
I feel like there was a better cohesion with introverts because like it almost gives you like like a gender role but like not a gender role obviously but just you know, a role the equivalent not, yeah not, a role like sorry a gender, but... <laughs> right why the hell did I do that <laughs> I don't know but it's that's that's a role that I find that's you know a cat dog role yeah yes yeah, a cat dog role there we go because <laughs> all cats are girls and all dogs are boys right no absolutely community. Not. it's like community anyways <laughs> go watch community it's great <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah but like that it's that role that gives you like this place to play but no because like there's no role in being an extrovert or introvert really or is there absolutely there is yeah Yeah. i mean in in every conversation right um you were and i wanted to go back to this but you were Mm -hmm. mentioning before right how like if you pick up a glass of water will the other person pick up a glass of water or if i start talking in like a more calm tone of voice will you start talking in a more calm tone of voice Mm -hmm. and it's like in general yes someone will lead and someone will follow but if you put the same two people together, will the one always be the lead and the other one always be the follow, right? Mm. And I, I think that's a very interesting like social dynamic to play with. Um, and I think that goes directly back into like, why do introverts and extroverts tend to end up together? And I think it's largely that the introverts are like, I can just sit here and process and like think about what's going on here while the extrovert is just talking it out. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then it's like, and then the introverts had like a couple minutes to think um, you've been talking, which is great. I don't feel like I need to say anything because you just will. <laughs> and then once you're done, I can like put out my opinions, say what I say and what I've had a couple minutes to think about. Right. Mm. I don't feel this pressure to keep the conversation going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's not even that I have any pressure or I feel any pressure whatsoever. It's, although when there's like an awkward silence, if it's not a comfortable silence, I will sometimes say something just because I'm like, Oh my God. But that's only because I don't know a person with you. Obviously. Yeah, but not with us. Yeah, no, not with us. Like we can have comfortable silences forever. And we even sometimes are like, okay, stop talking. <laughs> we need to have silence. Okay. Okay. We're, we're claiming a five second silence right here right now <laughs> to honor the introverts and the extroverts okay let's all Get ready. have a moment of silence i'm not you counting I, I wasn't no. counting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah we we both went into like this prayer position without even talking or discussing we both just like but somebody probably did it first and then the other person probably copied them maybe but i really don't want to start thinking about who's doing what first and who's leading the other to something Yeah, because then you'll end up like me overanalyzing oh, every social I don't situation because <laughs> if i did that i wouldn't be able to talk <laughs> yeah why do you think i can't talk sometimes? oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah that's I'm joking. I'm making it out to be more dramatic than yeah, it no, actually is, obviously. I know, I know, I know. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I'll I'll just say something, right? If something's on my mind, I just say it. And I definitely process by talking through things. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm I'm half and half. I process things by myself and by journaling and by thinking. And I process and then I have to like finish the processing mm-hmm. and like get feedback sometimes by saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. And then once I say it out loud to somebody, sometimes it cements itself or sometimes it like refutes itself and it's like oh no that's dumb i'm not doing that mm-hmm. and then yeah there's some people who do like completely the opposite right yeah um and if it, like you have to process things internally right yeah yeah by myself like like it, it's really hard sometimes to like have a conversation and like be making an important decision about something like mm-hmm. while having a conversation with about it so like often i've found like i just need to be more upfront about that and be like okay, this was a good conversation. Like I can't make a decision at the moment, but I'll get back to you in like half an hour, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to go for a walk and think about it and then I'll come back, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's really funny actually, the the moments where, and this, this used to like really catch me off guard, I think when we first started dating, because like you can't, you can't think through things when I'm in the room hmm. and when I'm around you. And I still haven't quite figured out what constitutes me not being in the room because our apartment is, you know, just one amorphous blob with like a couple little pockets. Yeah, it has multiple rooms. We two bedrooms. Yeah, we have two bedrooms, but um, like a main living area. It's big enough. Anyways, but like, but sometimes, yeah, you you say that because I'm around, you can't think through something. But then, yeah, you'll be like, okay, I just need to go think through this by myself. And, like, you leave, you go on a walk, you come back, you're like, okay, and you have like what 
takes me days to think through that you just thought through in like 10 minutes by yourself. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's an exaggeration, but yeah. Um, you probably already had an idea beforehand, but yeah, no, the, the whole like not being able to fully process if you're by yourself or needing to talk to somebody to process. And I, I think maybe that complements each other very well mm-hmm. with a couple where like, because if both of you need to talk about stuff all the time, like you may you know, always have that conflict. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of almost removes some conflicts, but then it adds other interesting layers of conflict because, you know, for example, us going away for a weekend mm-hmm. and I want to go for two days. I want to go and maximize my time with other people. And you're like, absolutely not. I need a day to myself to recharge. And yeah, reconciling that has been an interesting journey. <laughs> yeah, it's challenging, but I mean, it's like anything, right? It's just learning as you go along taking lessons learned and applying them so i mean we're getting there yeah we're getting there <laughs> we're, we're failing sometimes but we're like mostly succeeding i think yeah i mean that's, that's pretty much what happens right yeah <laughs> <laughs> mostly succeeding sometimes failing and that means that two steps forward one step back yeah, yeah. you get there eventually yeah for sure um and i feel like the hardest thing really is is just kind of about the space right it's not those weekends away and stuff like that right because like we figured that out you know mm-hmm. you go for the full time and i go for part of the time yeah. easy right um but the the hard thing right is the like five six seven days a week like being in the same living space right and then being like oh well you want me to be around in that living space not always oh definitely not always (laughs) yeah but like you know like you you want to live together with someone right you like whereas like for me i'm like ideally i would live alone right Mm. like and obviously i want to live with you right like i love you you're my partner um but for me like the ideal situation is kind of that like i've got my own place Mm. and we still see each other like most days of the week, mm-hmm. but then like I could go back and like be in my own place. Yeah. Right? Which I would be happy to give you if we had boatloads of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I didn't care about our environmental footprint of having multiple. Yes. Households. Yes. 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 Um, but I, you know, and we've kind of tried to do that in the apartment, right. We've kind of like been like, all right, this is kind of like Aaron's area and this is sort of Chris's mm-hmm. area and like try to delineate some places where we can go to like be on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it's a work in progress mm-hmm. trying to find stuff that works. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, the whole, the whole living situation. And I mean, we moved in super early, Yeah, <laughs> spurred forward by a couple things. One being that I did not, I, I, I was no longer happy with my current living situation. And then your lease was up. <laughs> That and like it was like you know the spring. When oh, it was a good time for it, right? Yeah, it was like the spring and uh, COVID restrictions were like starting to lift, and like Vancouver's housing market, well, renting market anyway, mm. had been like in the shitter because everyone left the city, right? Because they didn't yeah. have to like work downtown and all went home to their families. But then, like as stuff started opening back up again, it was like all of a sudden the apartment prices were starting to go up and we're like, yo, we had to get on if it. We're, yeah. We are going to move in together. So we could move in together now and pay like 60% of like what the mm-hmm. rent would be on this apartment normally because it's so low. But if we wait a month, because yeah, it was because we were looking at like, okay, perfect time would be like in a few months from now, but let's just push it up because yeah, <laughs> we're happy enough to do it now. And yeah, we did it for convenience sake. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that's not uncommon, right? Like, obviously you want to be mindful when making life decisions mm-hmm. like that, right? And I think we were mindful <laughs> Other, than, <laughs> other um, than the drunk moment where I blurted it out to you. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. But, but, I think, but I think it's still quite common though that people are like, ultimately partnership like there is this reality to it, right? Where mm, yeah. you, like you want it to be romantic and, and sweep you off your feet, but it, yeah, it's 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 realistic. It, yeah, it's like we're we're family unit, we're roommates. You know, like from the beginning of time, people have been in families because it's been, you know, helpful. It's been necessary, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like I don't think we can like 
shit on ourselves too much and look down on ourselves too much no, because no, no, we moved no. in a bit early out of convenience. Like that's no, totally I was normal. just I was just saying I forgot that to be honest. Yeah, I totally forgot that there was a timing thing because we were like, yeah, I mean, but summer that's an awful time to move. We don't want to move in the middle of summer because it would take up one of our precious summer in Vancouver weekends. That was way better to do in the rain. <laughs> yeah i mean just put all our stuff in an open face truck and move it you and, know and three like blocks on. yeah luckily <laughs> we didn't go far <laughs> yeah honestly i do want to briefly tell the story though about how i shouted to you blackout drunk about moving in oh yeah that was good oh my gosh such a good story so essentially we were oh shout out to eden because eden <laughs> My friend Eden, um, we were introducing each other's partners. Uh, I don't think we'd ever, yeah, I think we, anyways, it was a nice celebratory dinner and many bottles of champagne were ordered and, oh man, I knew, you know, when you know that that drink is going to be the one that just knocks you and you just, anyways, I stopped remembering things and apparently said some things on the cab ride home, which you were gracious enough to not talk about until the moment. So we were we were together on just the- before the cab ride, babe. Oh shit! It was it was at the table. Oh, Eden, I don't even. Eden went to the bathroom. Oh god, it was. Yeah. Oh man, I thought it was in the cab. I was picturing in the cab this whole no, time. No, no, no. You were blacked out in the cab. You were. I know. Pa- you were passed out. Well, in no, the cab. I was blacked out when I said this to you too. No, but you were unconscious in the cab. Oh, okay. Yeah, Difference. No, right? no, no. The only thing you were saying in the cab. Don't was, drink, kids. I really cab. hate when I get that drunk, but I, I, <laughs> I, I do. I really, really do. Um, <laughs> not remembering stuff is kind of scary, but yeah. So essentially, we this this was like set Friday night or something, and then like the next day we were. Uh, I think we. I mean, we must have slept in the same spot and then like woken up early the next morning and we were going to go skiing. You're jumping the gun on this story. You didn't, what do you even, mean? you didn't even say what happened. You just, you just jumped the gun. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's because when I remembered. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So like that's, that, that was the evening I blacked out. I didn't know. So next morning we wake up, we go skiing. And so we wake up in the same place and then you go home, shower and like bring your skis. And like, we were meeting at the car. And so I remember, I remember so distinctly like coming to the car and no, it was in the shower. It was in the freaking shower. So I was showering at my place. And like, I don't know, maybe those Delta waves were just like, you know, going and like picked up some old memories from the night before. And just all of a sudden I knew what I had said. And I thought, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Like I, I, like, I wasn't that panicked because like at that point we were like strong enough that I was like, no, 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 this is fine. I could, we can get past this. Like, even if it was completely out of left field and Aaron's not feeling the same way, it's going to be fine. But I had a recollection of me drunkenly telling Aaron, oh, no, no, no. And I was just, I knew that I'd mentioned it. I knew that I mentioned moving in together in like more of an aggressive way because we were planning to go to Ikea. And the thing is, my bed was awesome and Aaron's bed was ridiculous. It was great, but it worked. I mean, it (laughs) fell. I'm pretty sure we fell to the floor when the bed frame broke. No, it was okay. So it was like Ikea slats, right? Yeah, but it was the worst one you could get. And and the Ikea slats. No, no, no. Okay, so in defense of my bed, my bed was (laughs) fine when I bought it. But what happened was I lived in this really old tiny uh like micro studio in Gastown in downtown Vancouver where the buildings are like built in the 1800s out of like brick and have no air conditioning and there was a summer of like heat waves um when I lived there and what happened was it was so hot in my apartment it was like 40 degrees in my apartment 40 degrees celsius oh is that way there was sweat stains all over the mattress okay this is not roast Aaron day it's always roast Aaron day and basically what happened was in the heat my like bed frame slats like warped like the wood warped <gasps> forgot about and, and, that and so that's why i just remember falling off that goddamn yeah. bed so many times and, and so that's why the like bed no longer worked properly after that so anyway chris you still haven't actually like told okay, the story of what yes. you said i'm sorry I, we had like a remember. drink of alcohol and so i'm slowly just getting more drunk and then like the heat is like insane in this place anyways yeah so essentially i just had like this inkling while i was showering that like i said something to Aaron about moving in that i had been having these thoughts but we hadn't actually said anything out loud yet right like we hadn't discussed it in any real shape or form but because I really wanted to make his apartment a little more homey because he refused to come to mind because he felt uncomfortable being an introvert, not being, you know, 
comfortable around other people all the time, wanting to be in his own energy and also mine because of the partnership we were entering into. And your roommate was, situation was not great. Yeah, it was just a little, it was a little awkward. And so, yeah, so Aaron didn't like coming over and yeah. Um, so I ended up at his place a lot. And so I, you know, there was things that were missing, you know, like butter knives and I, to this day, attest that nobody needs butter knives. What do you need them for? You can spread butter with a steak knife. When I met him, he <laughs> had the most insane bachelor apartment with no butter knives and not enough plates or cups or, you know, like anything. And so I was like, okay, Aaron, I can't, I can't, Have I need some basic things. Minimalism? I, do, yes. <laughs> I lived in a micro studio. Yes. Aaron's perfect excuse and for two everything. forks and two cups. I had just enough to have someone over. <laughs> what about more than it? one person? Then we would go to a bar. Oh yeah, you wouldn't fit in the micro apartment. You wouldn't fit in the micro studio. (laughs) (laughs) At least we know you're not compensating. (laughs) So, (laughs) hey, micro's not necessarily bad these days. Like computer chips just keep getting smaller and smaller, and they're more and more expensive. So and more and more small is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That power comes in small punches. That's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, there was a couple things that I turned to Aaron and said, okay, I would really love for you to have these things. And if we're going to continue in this situation and you don't want to come over to my place that much, I would like to have these things. And Aaron kind of agreed, especially when I kind of put, I floated the idea of having a real, you know, adult size desk that wasn't like a child's desk from Ikea <laughs> that he's doing his professional job on at home, which is hilarious. Um, Never grow up. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree. And we are very childish together and I love that. But also I, anyways, I was using it as a bargaining chip. And so I dragged him out, out to Ikea um, and slash that was the plan, dragging him out to Ikea. But on my mind, because of this trip, I knew that, you know, we'd have to have the bed conversation because his bed was awful and it just kept falling apart. And like, literally we would end up on the floor. Like it's like this, like really like flimsy frame. And then the slats would just fall out. And then all of a sudden we would just be on the floor. And I'm pretty sure it happened like in the middle of the night, even like while I was sitting there reading, like, cause there wasn't any other chair or, Oh no, there was those awful leather couches, but there wasn't any place to like really sit. So I ended up sitting on the bed and then just like falling. Like, could you imagine just like sitting there writing your nightly journal? And then all of a sudden you're just like the bed falls and you're just on the floor. Like, it's just, it's awful. And so I thought you wanted to be more grounded. (laughs) (laughs) I do, but not in that way. Um, But yeah, anyways. And then there was like, anyways, I I wasn't a fan of the amount of pillows and the amount of sheets or duvet. Anyways, sorry, sorry. It's not roast air night. Oh, it's roast air night. Yeah, it's roast air night. That was Anyways, I love telling a story because of all this. It's fun. But I was like, what do I say about the bed? Because he will ask. And my thoughts were, well, I have a really nice bed. And if we move in together, we're going to use my bed. Because I bought a beautiful mattress a couple years ago and a beautiful bed frame. And it was my first legitimate adult purchase. And we were just going to throw his out. <laughs> and that was in my head. That was like, okay, that's my idea. Uh, mine was also bigger. Mine was a queen and yours was a double. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I didn't know how to have a conversation. And so I spit it out when I was drunk. And I believe the words out of my mouth were, um, I mean, you were the one who actually remembered them. Yeah, I was, I was the one that was okay, conscious. Okay, yes, please, so, please uh, tell me what I said. Yeah. So we were talking about, you know, Ikea from term what we were going to buy. And eventually got to beds. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I should probably get a new bed because like mine's kind of falling apart and it's kind of shit. And Chris just looks at me and like, <laughs> While grabbing the table because she's so drunk to stay oh, herself, and she's like, she's like, you don't need a new bed. We're gonna move in together soon. Just oh like really God. drunk. Yeah, it's awful. Um, oh. And I was just like, okay, well, um, your friend's gonna be back from the bathroom in a second, and uh, let's just not address this right now because you're not gonna remember you said this in the morning. Oh my anyway, God. so that imagery of me grabbing the table is new too. I'm learning so much. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah. 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 So I remembered something along that, that line in the shower. And then we went to meet up the next morning and I just looked at him from across the car and went, did I say something to you last night about Ikea and moving in? Or I don't know what I said. And you just nodded and you said, yep, we can talk about it on the way there. 
<laughs> and then I started waffling about and I started being like, okay. Um, um, and like trying to cover my tracks and trying to like, you know, make it all softer blow or something. And then I eventually just stopped and took a breath. And I'm pretty sure you just looked at me and said, do you want to know what you said? <laughs> and you were like, do you want to know what actually no, it was, do you want to know what I think? Yeah. And thankfully we were on the same page. Yeah. It was okay. <laughs> it all worked out. It all worked out. Um, and we said a year, but it ended up being six months. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the only real like big drunk whoopsie we've had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think? I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, of that nature, that's hilarious and fun to tell and ended up being part of a major life event of ours. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So living with an introvert is interesting and mm-hmm. definitely learning how to best meet your needs yeah and vice versa of course mm-hmm. yeah but i mean people do it right it's, yeah so many people are doing it um and i think like maybe the most validating thing for me is to just like have met other friends of yours right who are extroverts and then like i end up like talking to their partners at like a party or something right mm-hmm. and it, it just kind of comes up and we're both just like, wow, this is a lot. And the other person's like, yeah. We're like, oh, you too? Oh, okay. I'm not a weirdo. Like, <laughs> no, of course you're other not people. no, no, I know. I know. Um, but like, I mean, I feel like I've got like good role models, like as like adults that have been together for a long time that like one of them is an introvert and one is an extrovert. And yeah. um, like, I think of like Miss Henderson, like my like high school, like environmental studies teacher, um, who she's like very extroverted and we're like homies and her, uh, her husband, Josh is just this like, yeah, just super introverted guy. It's like pretty smart guy. Um, he's like, uh, not anymore, but he's like, a he was an early Tesla engineer. Mm. Um, and yeah, like really interesting guy to talk to really like had like thought through everything and always had like really like interesting insights um but yeah you could just tell that after like you know being there for like an hour right that it would be like josh does not want to be here anymore Mm. right and i remember in high school kind of thinking it was funny because at that time like that was not me Mm. um but like reflecting now i'm just like wow miss henderson is a lot like chris and i'm a lot like josh (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) i mean actually you touched on an interesting point there that you know we I feel like it wasn't just you that as a society, we used to kind of poke fun at it. We used to be like, oh, haha, that's the partner who doesn't want to be here. Yeah. Who yeah. like seems awkward and like is out of their element. And like, it used to be this negative thing. And it used to be like, oh yeah, we can like, they can be the butt of the joke and you can drag them in. And like, it was made fun in sitcoms and like, mm-hmm. there was so much about it. And like, that's not funny. And that's just, that's just who they are. And they're, put in a situation they shouldn't have to be in if they don't want to be there. Like, right. It's, Oh yeah. We definitely poked too much fun at it. And like, you know, there's, yeah, there shouldn't be any shame with it. It's, you know, whatever you need do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're past the like poking fun at it stage. You know, I think like society used to be very like, let's poke fun at anybody that's different in any way. Mm. And obviously that wasn't great, but I think we're pretty past that. Yeah. I mean, it, it still happens for sure. Um, but it's not the mainstream way of thinking, right? Just like, you know, racism definitely still happens, right? Mm. But like the conscious mainstream way of thinking, like people are trying not to be racist, I think, right? Yes. You know, n- nobody would ever like call somebody like a racial slur out in public now, right? Mm, that's not true. But when, in the, when, in the communities it, we're thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And when I say nobody, right? Like I'm not like, obviously that's speaking in absolutes and that's like not correct, but because some people still do and it's a problem and, you know, we've still mm-hmm. got to work on that. But I'm, what I mean is that like mainstream, your average Canadian, right? Mm. Your, your average uh, I was going to say North American, but maybe I'll take that back. Mm. Um, like, w- would not, you know, would not in a public setting, at least, even if they hold those ideas or still think it's funny on their own, they know socially, like in public, yeah. it's like not acceptable to do things like that. Um, so I think like we're, we're past that point when it comes to like making fun of people for being an introvert too, right? But I think where we still got to go 
and like improve on is not needing it to be like a crisis in order to respect it. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Like, and we still have that problem too. Cause yeah. like sometimes we don't respect it. if like one of us isn't in tears. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Right. Yeah. Like I feel like for me, oftentimes I, one of the things I struggle the most with is when it's time to leave. Right. And everyone's and not everyone, but you know, there's always that one or two people that are like, Oh no, don't go. Like the party's just starting. Like, Oh, like, no, man, come on. Don't be late. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because to them, it's just casual, right? You're like, "Ah, I've got to go. I'm just going to go do my thing now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's actually very stressful. Right. When someone's like, no, don't go, don't do this thing. And, and you get to the point where you have to be like, look, like real talk, I'm experiencing social anxiety right now and I'm, I have to leave or I'm going to have a panic attack. Right. And now it's a big thing. Right. And then people are like, Oh, oh, I'm sorry, dude. Like my bad, like get out of here. Like, cool. Go do your thing. Right. But it's like, we should just accept what people need and what people want and just let them like kind of casually do their thing rather than like push it to the point that now people are at a breaking point and they like, right. And they have to express that they're at a breaking point and then feel kind of exposed because now they're now they have to tell someone that they didn't want to tell that they're like on the verge of a panic attack because they need to go if they don't yeah and like that sounds very like scarily familiar to you know somebody not accepting a no in terms of like any sort of consent right like that's consent to stay you're saying no i'm not comfortable being here i want to leave and like just because this consent has nothing to do with anything sexual doesn't mean that it's still like not respecting a boundary, not respecting your levels of consent. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I mean, consent is like a challenging thing that we're all working on, right? Mm, yeah. Um, that's a big topic. Let's, let's not, let's not t- touch too far on it. I guess. You, you don't want to go there today? I feel like I it's a really interesting conversation. Yes, absolutely. A really, really interesting conversation, but definitely one for another time. And with that, we come to the end of this week's episode of Reclaim Your Radiance. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I hope you enjoyed your time with us and came away with something truly valuable. If you want more and simply cannot wait until next week, come join us online. We have a couple of really exciting communities that are being built. First, we have a Facebook community with the name Reclaim Your Radiance, where we talk about all sorts of talks related to the podcast and tons that aren't. It's a community of like-minded souls who want to dive deeper into these things and keep the conversation going. Secondly, you can sign up for our mailing list to receive bonus content and stay in touch with what's happening in the world of Reclaim Your Radiance. And lastly, coming soon to a computer near you is our Patreon. Come along and join us for extra content, regular community meetups, fun swag, one-on-one time with yours truly, and so much more. Stay tuned for that. Head on over to the episode notes and the show description to find those links. And I hope to see you online soon. All right, everyone. Until next week, stay radiant.